1: go by. hey 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 hey
2: it's just a sunny day okay what a crack up where did you find that version of our opening song it's
3: on youtube and i think this is an old 50s garnier um, hair products commercial what from information riot. provided but the females, the women, deserve a fair shake seeing them, too.
2: Well, we've only let them do it once. Yeah. Though, so we have to bring her back at yes, some we point do. In time. Colleen is waiting very patiently on the line. Good morning, Colleen. What is your question?
1: Hi. Um, I have um, two apple trees that last year, um, after the apples were established and growing and ripening, I got, I think it was called woolly acids, which I've never seen before. But it looked like little snowflakes all over yeah. <laughs> the apple tree and down inside the where the stems come out and all of that. And I just didn't think too much about it. I thought the winter will probably kill them. Um, but then when I was clearing out my garden space, I found some like in the zucchini deep in the – it seemed like they were deep in – it was yeah. deep in the stalk. They,
3: you probably saw something different because woolly apple aphid doesn't get into zucchini, but there may oh, be okay. other species that would. Maybe okay. do something like well, that.
1: I'm curious if there's something I need to do to for next year or if it will be okay. Well, because I've never seen them before, I've never washed them all
3: off. Like the, the problem with woolly apple aphid is they can overwinter on the roots of the oh. tree and then come back up. And so, right now, you could get some warm water with some Murphy's oil soap or um, some Dawn dish soap and just scrub them off the tree. And then oh. do download. Like on
1: the, on the bark? Yes. Okay. Okay.
3: Then what you could do is. Just around the trunk, right? Yeah. Just wherever you see them. Make okay. sure that there's no root suckers because they like those. Okay. And then download US or subscribe to USU's Pest Lab Updates. And, okay. And um, they're free. And there's a, a fruit update. And you'll want to use a dormant spray in the spring. And that will also help. Or in late winter, okay. but you okay. may have to resort resort to using a systemic that there's registered for apples. But after the trees are done blossoming, you'd put a systemic on the trees and that would just knock them right out. So
1: I would pay someone to come in and spray my trees every year and they do a dormant spray and then they come in. I'm assuming they spray, they spray what you're talking about.
3: They don't. Um, the, the dormant oh, they spray don't. they would, but they're not doing a systemic. Uh, oh, okay. Soil drench, and so you would just need to have them find a registered um, soil drench that are registered for apples. Could probably contain an imidacloprid, and okay. have them. It would only take five or ten minutes. I'm sure you'll pay them fifty or hundred bucks. So they've got to buy the product, and you know it's yeah. kind of a specialty thing. But you could have them. Well, and you could have them do the soil drench, but legally they need to do it after the trees are done blooming.
1: Okay. So it would it be safe would it be okay to just wait and see if they come back or not? And it then it would, but if I, they're
3: on the tree they're going to come back.
1: Okay. They were definitely everywhere on that tree. Yeah, and if you did and nothing they to control over to them, them. Yeah, they're
3: They, they will were mostly
1: on the okay. Jute. Okay. Yep. So okay. you're going to need to control right. them, so Okay. So I'll call my guy early and tell him. Yeah. Just get prepared to treat this. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're I appreciate welcome. it.
2: All right. Thanks for your call this morning. Let's go. Let's stay with phone lines. Carolyn is in Erda. Good morning, Carolyn. What is your question this
1: morning? Good morning. I've got garlic been sitting in the fridge for a couple of weeks. Is it too late to plant garlic with two to three inches of the top of the garden soil is frozen?
3: If you can get through it it's not too late
1: alright so if I use a pickaxe and break that apart and just put
3: it back over that would be fine or find a neighbor or somebody to do it for you
1: (laughs) Right. All right, thank you, yeah, All right, Sometimes Carol. you know
3: we wait this late, and I know it's just we get busy, but you know if you feel like you need to repent of something, you can punish yourself by trying trying to plant bulbs in frozen soil.
2: so I have a few that I have not planted either. I forgot that I took some from the cemetery where they had dug up from my aunt's grave, and they I decided just to put sod down because it was just too much work, and I realized, oh, they're still in the garage, so I can we can all still plant them. Yes,
3: you certainly can. They only require about eight to ten weeks of a cold period, and so you theoretically could even get those down in January and mm-hmm. have enough of a cold period that they would blossom.
2: So it's so funny. I know the soil is frozen in my backyard. I mean, it's just, you know, frozen. But maybe in the front yard where it gets more sun, I could maybe find a place.
3: Where it gets space. more sun or against the house, that soil often oh, doesn't freeze. Oh, my courtyard. Hmm. Yes.
2: All right. I'll have to think about that. We're going to take a break, come back with more of your calls and questions. Our phone lines are open. Give us a call now, 801-575-8255. You can also text us your questions at five seven five zero zero. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Chaleos, Ton Bettis with you. Taking your calls 801 575 8255 and your texts 57500. Next listener, Ton says, Is there any benefit to the lawn to fertilize now?
3: Maybe. It's getting late in the season, but the lawn in most areas, I've noticed it's starting to brown out, but many areas of warmer areas of the Wasatch Front, it's green. And so if you wanted to do an application, It would be okay, but I wouldn't wait any longer.
2: Okay. Mark would like to know. He says he has some maple trees. He doesn't know what kind they are, but they're a kind of columnar variety. They've either produced shoots or sprouts from the seed that they've dropped uh, that he would like to transplant. They're about five feet tall. Is it viable to transplant them, and is this a good time to do it?
3: It is a good time, and you would need to dig a root ball probably at least a foot to 18 inches wide, and a foot to 18 inches deep if they're that tall. They should have probably been moved when they were two or three feet tall Mm -hmm. for their survivability. But, yes, it's still possible.
2: Uh, Next person has several burning bushes that have sections that have died clear to the ground. They're about 15 years old, adjacent to bushes. The adjacent bushes are fine. They're wondering if there's anything they could do for those that have started to die.
3: Uh, Man, this is why I'm so hesitant with burning bush. I love them. I know. Even mine
2: this year looked kind of.
3: Yeah. It's just, you'll have a whole beautiful line. And then all of a sudden, just for no apparent reason, they just randomly start dying here and there. And so if those plants are dying, I would go ahead and remove them and maybe plant new ones in their places because they're probably not going to be something that you can get to recover. And then moving forward in the spring, in mid March, and again in mid May, I would fertilize them with triple 16 or sixteen sixteen eight, so that you can keep their nutrition up, and that will help prevent them from randomly dying.
2: Okay, Kellen is in South Jordan. Good morning. What is your question?
4: I've um, got a question about uh, transplanting subalpine firs. Um, I went five years ago up into the forest and, uh, got five little ones and only one of them survived and it's only grown like three inches in five years. So i don't know if it's a, uh, fertilizer problem or, or what the problem is.
3: Well, you have several f- things going on. One these wild trees have very extensive root systems, much more so than if they had been cultivated, like at a garden center or a, a production nursery. And you cut a lot of those roots off when you bring them from the wild, even small ones. This, another problem you have with them is that the subalpine fir likes where they grow at high elevation to where it's generally 10 to 15 degrees cooler And the soil's different. They have better drainage and the rain. It's just really different than our valley floors. And they do not like the heat or the valley floor soils. And so when I worked at a nursery and subalpine fir were quite popular for a while, we probably saw 50% of them die in the first year they were planted. So... It's just one of those things that you could have done everything possible and still had that death rate.
4: Well, they I didn't move them. I moved them from about uh, probably 7,000 feet down to 5,000 feet. I, I'm moving them down into a camp area on family property. Are uh, there other the subalpine fur
3: there? Uh th-
4: very sporadically, I okay. think the the canyon used to have a lot of subalpine fir's yeah. in it because it's a mile high and it was just logged out when the pioneers came. But uh, so I moved them down to there, and and I still I, and I how often should they be watered when they're transplanted?
3: Every probably twice a week. If you're going twice to give them week. to take, you know, I for think for the first year, for or the two first years three
4: years. Three years. Okay. Well, the reason I'm asking because I just went up on Thanksgiving and was up there again in the snow, uh, digging uh, five little ones out in areas where they would die anyway underneath another tree. And I've moved them down again and planted them. Is there some kind of fertilizer that I could put with them to help?
3: No, the first year you don't want to do any fertilizer. The second year you could do some, but you want those okay. roots to get reestablished. And there's a bunch of nutrients right at the base of the tree. It discourages them from sending those roots out like they need to do.
4: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they didn't seem to have much of a extensive root. I, I tried to get most of them of the five in a ball. Uh, but it kind of came apart. But some of the smaller ones, they just completely bare-rooted. But they didn't have that many roots on them because they were growing amongst the rock yeah, and the just, leaves and stuff yeah, like that.
3: They're just tough to deal with all around. So okay. if, if they do fail, you may be able, if you're trying to keep things native, you may be able to find some small white fur that, that do better. At transplanting and at lower elevations, even though like 5,000 feet, 6,000. So white fur. Yeah. White fur or Douglas fir would be another one that you might be able to find from like the Arbor Day foundation or online for, you know, fairly inexpensively or even yeah. like limber pine would be another one you might be able to try out.
4: Okay, well, I tried buying some from the nursery. I'm in South Jordan, and uh, Glover Nursery publishes this list. This is one side of it says do plant, the other says do not plant. And I didn't see the list until after I built my house and landscaped, and everything on the do not plant side died. Everything that was on the do plant side was doing okay, but one of them was a Black Hill spruce, and I've got I. I got a couple of those that are doing really well, but I've bought 20 of those little seedlings from nurseries and not one of those has survived in South yeah, Jordan. So and, I can't yeah, give up so on that.
3: Those are ones that... <sighs> If you don't know how to deal with them, it's again, and depending on the species, there's a lot of variability that you need to learn to do. But for your camping, you know, cabin area, if you were trying to keep it native, you could do that. But there are other conifers like these Black Hill spruce that you may be able to put up there that would be okay.
4: Okay. But no fertilizer the first year? Nope. Okay. Great. Thank you very much.
2: All right. Thanks so much for your call this morning. So, Ton, folks who have pets have a really hard time with winter and trying to keep their lawn healthy. Are there some things that people with, you know, pets um, can do to make sure that their lawn uh, comes out of it better?
3: Well, during the winter, there isn't a lot because the ground can be frozen. But there are some products that you could try. There's one called Revive that has some surfactants in it that will cause the animals' waste to leach through more quickly and disperse more quickly. And so what you would do is watch where they go to the bathroom and then take a bucket of a couple gallons of water and just pour it out there to disperse it. And even if the ground is frozen, um, that will help. The other thing I recommend to people do, and this is more maybe of a summer project— It's just get an area in your yard, you know, a five by 10 or 10 by 10 area and cover it in gravel and just train the animals that that's where they're going to the bathroom. You may have to shovel it off in the winter, but if you can do that and get them trained that they're not really that problematic on your lawn.
2: Right. So is cleanup essential or is it not such a big deal
3: for the poop? It's more just not walking in it. You know, in the winter, especially because it freezes, it's not really a challenge at all or detrimental to your lawn. It's more the urine that is detrimental because it's salty. And so, certain, you know, the size of the dog and if it's male or female will matter. Females are worse for the lawn than male dogs for some reason. Mm -hmm. But if you can take some water out there and if you know where they went to the bathroom and just pour the water there to spread it out to reduce the saltiness, it may grow faster in that spot, but it won't die.
2: Yeah, I know because in years past, like in the spring, you just take a look at your lawn and it's just... It looks terrible because of all the stuff that's been sitting on it. And I wondered whether, you know, the feces were as bad as the urine, but not so bad because the ground's kind of frozen and it doesn't impact.
3: No, it doesn't. Uh, You really want to clean that up and throw it away because they can sometimes be parasites in it and there's different things that go on. Plus, when you walk in your lawn... It's almost impossible to get off your shoes. But just as far as harm to the lawn, because it takes a lot longer to break down, it's not going to be like the urine.
2: All right. Well, that's it for the show today. Hope you'll join us again next week from 8 to 11. And take a look at the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. The plan of the week this morning was the Norfolk Island Pine. So you can see that. We talked about houseplant pests. You can find that great information on the Greenhouse page.
5: I'm Dave Colley.